welcome to the music room with Aileen Miracle and Katie Minichi. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 38 of the music room. Today, I have Katie with me. Hi. We are going to talk about PBIS in the music room. Before we get started, though, just a quick note to make sure that you've subscribed to the music room so that you get notifications when a new episode hits the airwaves. And also, if you haven't left a review for the podcast, we would really appreciate you doing that because it helps other music educators find the podcast. All right, so let's dig into PBIS. Katie, you actually have a little bit more experience with PBIS. Somewhat. And I know we're going to talk through the tiers and those sorts of things. Uh, PBIS is something that I've experienced at four buildings now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. PBIS stands for, is it Positive Behavior Interventions and Supports? Correct. I do have a few definitions or just some information about PBIS, which I was able to pull from the PBIS.org website. If you're listening to the podcast and you don't know what PBIS is, or maybe you know it by another name, but from the website, um, it says that PBIS is a multi-tiered approach to social, emotional, and behavior support. The broad purpose of PBIS is to improve the effectiveness, efficiency, and equity of schools and other agencies. PBIS improves social, emotional, and academic outcomes for all students, including students with disabilities and students from underrepresented groups. And then there are those three tiers that Katie just talked about. So tier one is universal practices. These are experienced by all students and educators across all settings to establish a predictable, consistent, positive and safe climate. And then tier two is targeted practices, which are designed for groups of students who need more structure, feedback, instruction and support than tier one alone. And then tier three is indicated practices, which are more intense and individualized to meet the challenges of students who need more than tiers one and two alone. And I'm going to be honest from our work at my school with PBIS, I think we've really just delved into tier one. I would say at all four of my buildings, the focus has been tier one. And I was speaking with a colleague about this and had brought it up to you that truly our schools are not using the PBIS model. We use that term, but we're really just focusing on that universal practice. And I'm interested to see if tier two and three emerge over the next few years, but We are not bringing in that particular company or that strict model, but that universal practice has been so beneficial. So even tier one, if that's all your school delves into, I think can really pay off quickly. Yes. And the state of Ohio, where we live and teach, Mm -hmm. it's requiring, if hopefully I'm not misspeaking, requiring all schools to have some kind of PBIS system in place. Yes, that universal practice, I think, is in the language. I think it passed last November, if I remember. But just looking for some sort of global plan in each building. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then just a little bit of history of PBIS, which, Katie, you were talking to me the other day and mm-hmm. told me more I knew, is that it is, you were saying it's like a company. Yeah, it's a dot .org. So yeah. I know you can hire people to come out and facilitate the tiers. From the website, it says that PBIS was funded by the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Special Education Programs and the Office of Elementary and Secondary Education. I think that we kind of throw the term PBIS or the acronym around, but you just said 
a lot of times we were really just looking at the universal practices. And mm-hmm. I have to say, when I first started hearing about PBIS, I feel like maybe on Pinterest or just on the internet in general, I was seeing some negativity about PBIS because people were, they were associating PBIS with rewards. Right. I don't know. I've seen this. So I kind of went into this whole discussion about PBIS. I thought that's what it was. I thought it was like a reward system. However, we have not talked about rewards really at all. No. Um, And, you know, our building that you and I share has somewhat of a global reward system, but it was in place long before our universal practice tier. So we still use it, but it's just because it was sort of grandfathered into what we were already using. And I would say, honestly, that we've become less rewards focused. Yes. I've seen that across our district. Yes. Actually, in my own classroom, I've been less rewards focused and have actually really enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, one of the beautiful things about this tier is that because you have a global approach, there's less of a feeling of being an island. So because you have uniformity around the building, I don't feel as much like I need to have my own system. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about because maybe people are listening and they're still like, okay, I still don't get it. What does this mean? Right. So talk specifically about what it can look like mm-hmm. in your music room as well as at a school in general. So I'm going to talk about the school that we share, but then I would love to hear about the other schools that you've had this at. Sure. Okay. So the school that Katie and I share, we have been focusing on traits that we would like to see. So that's mm-hmm. kind of like the big picture of PBIS at our school is what are the traits that we would like to see throughout the building? And we kind of align everything to that. So like a very common PBIS system that I have seen, you know, just as I've been researching is something to the effect of be respectful, be kind, be safe. You know, those are like pretty common traits that people will build a PBAS system around. Mm -hmm. But um, because we feed into a high school whose mascot is the bears Mm -hmm. and they do this whole like claws up thing at the high school. So we've adapted paws up, which is kind of like our quiet signal. So instead of like raising your hand or giving two fingers or whatever, you just say paws up and kids are supposed to just show their paws. And then our traits are based off of the word pause. So P stands for perseverance, A stands for awareness, W stands for work ethic, and S stands for showing respect. Mm -hmm. So everything in the building has been around those. So actually, instead of reading rules this year, which is usually I have rules that are around the word music, my rules were just the pause. So I just talked about what perseverance looks like in the music room. What does awareness, what does work ethic look like? What does showing respect look like? And then that's happening throughout the entire building. So that uniformity piece is really nice. But what are the treats that you have worked with? I know like I've heard of the tree trait. Yeah, excuse me. First, I should interject because I am a fan of the book Sitting Still Like a Frog. And they talk about hitting your pause button, P-A-U-S-E. Uh I have laughed at myself so many times at our building this year already because I use the word pause a lot Uh because of that. So I'll say pause button and they put their pause up. (laughs) It's connected, but I'm not really using it the same way. It's so funny. So I'll start with the tree traits. I'm at a building that has tree in its name and they really lean into that. So there are caricatures of squirrels and acorns and all sorts of cute naturey 
things around this tree building. So you'll notice each building has chosen between three and five traits to sort of focus on. You don't want to bog the students down with a lot. So there's our perseverance, awareness, empathy, and respect. Similar to the pause, it doesn't spell out a word. And each quarter, they have designed lessons that the teachers have access to in a shared drive. And within a certain time frame, they just ask that the teachers take time to embed that lesson somewhere into their normal classroom experience. So we know that students globally are getting some sort of embedded lesson about each of those traits throughout that quarter because we had four. So you know that the building is thinking about those traits. And then during that time period, if you see a student exhibiting that trait, you can give them a certificate. Now, if they get a tree trait certificate, they don't really get an extrinsic reward. But at the end of that quarter, all the students that received recognition for that trait get to take a picture as a group and it's posted in the lobby, the main lobby area. So it's not a targeted reward as much as it's just recognition. And that's a nice way to do that. They also have assemblies, I think by the quarter, that focus on each of those four traits. So that's the tree traits. Okay. Mm -hmm. I also teach at a building that has heritage in its name. So they use PRIDE as their acronym, and it stands for Perseverance, Respect, Inclusion. Yes. I can't remember what D is right now. It just went right up. Oh, diversity and Mm -hmm. empathy. And their main motto, it's basically a motto, right? Is be kind, be safe, be responsible. Right. So they say that at every announcement every morning. And then I'm also at a building that uses Target. So they are on Target in the hallway. They are on Target wherever they go. And there are these little bullseyes that you can give students if they're on Target for a certain thing. So I'm seeing it everywhere. Universally, Mm -hmm. what you'll see is consistent signage, which you did a beautiful job with at our building. Thank you. Yeah, it looks really fantastic. Yeah, it was fun to work on. It's funny, the um, assistant principal was asking me if I knew a graphic designer, and I was like, well, I do know somebody. And then she starts talking to me about what she needs. I was like, oh, I can do that. (laughs) Right? Yeah, I was able to create all of the signs for the building, which was really fun. And it was a nice process because like I was able to send out a first draft and then got some feedback and then just kept tweaking. And we are about to get the nicer signs. So right now we have all the signs printed out with like our poster maker, mm-hmm. but we are going to get nice colorful posters pretty soon here. So and those are mounted all throughout the building. And what's also really nice is it's not just about the four traits at our school, but it's also what does it look like in the hallway? So we have like a poster that will say hallway in the hallway perseverance. This is what it means. This is what awareness means. And then in the restroom, what does perseverance look like? Right. In the cafeteria, what does showing respect look like? You know, all that kind of thing. So I think being really specific has really helped because it's not just like you shouldn't be talking or you're not showing respect. It's like we're really being specific. Like this is why we need to be aware in the hallway. This is why we need to have work ethic in the classroom or this is what it looks like. I really love that specificity. 
I and agree. I and I've seen those consistent signage and posters at each of the buildings where I teach. And it's really nice to see that the staff has taken the time to have those conversations. Sometimes they're funny as in how do you persevere in the bathroom? Right. Um, but it's important for our students to know that. For example, at one of my buildings, the students had shared with the staff that they were bringing sort of non-American food, some more ethnic food, and it smelled differently to some of the students. And there were a few of our kiddos that were not eating their lunch because they had been made fun of and they were hungry all day. Yeah. And so that was a really good conversation for all of us to have, that we do need to have empathy in the lunchroom. What does that look like? And that would be like inclusion and diversity. Absolutely. So it really does come from the needs of your building. If you have been able to survey or look through with the guidance counselor, what are students coming to the guidance counselor for? That's a great springboard for that conversation of these are the things that we're seeing in our building that we want to address in a social emotional way. These non-academic barriers that we can address. And I think it makes a huge difference for our kids because if you put it through that lens, they'll have the conversation in a thoughtful way. And there have been kids that have been able to then speak up and say, I didn't feel comfortable eating my lunch. And I think that was really powerful for our staff to work through that, you know, we would still laugh about persevering in the bathroom, but right. But being able to say, no, this is a concrete example of where we really need to help our kids. And we aren't necessarily in the cafeteria every day. So right. really helpful when you have that poster right there that you can reference and say, hey, are you looking out for everyone else in the room right now? Right. And I think if you're able to choose traits as well, which the way that we went about it was to we had a committee of interested teachers. Mm-hmm. who worked on this starting last year. And if you're able to choose traits that are everything that you can think of can be tied to one of those traits, then that's helpful. So if you think of a scenario which you can't think of a trait for, then you probably need another trait. Correct. So the kind of big picture of PBIS is those traits and specifically what the traits look like in each common area. And then you can also decide, okay, what does it look like in the music room? What does it look like in the classroom? What does it look like in the gym? But then voice levels have also been huge at our school. I have loved this. So we have been specific about in each area. So like in the hallway, this is what perseverance looks like. But also our voice level should be zero to one. And it's funny because you and I had a conversation last year. Mm-hmm about how noisy that we will at the end of the day have to walk the fourth graders back to their classroom. And you had said, is it always this noisy? Like, is that just the way it is at this building? And I was like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) try to make sure they're quiet. But it was like an uphill battle, really. But this year, because we have these voice levels, and we have specified in each common area what those voice levels should be, Mm -hmm. then when I I'm about and I do it every time I want to open the door for the kids to leave or I'm taking them somewhere I will say what should your voice level be in the hallway and they say zero although some of them will say zero to one right <laughs> and I'll, okay but we're going to do zero right now and I take them or I send them and it has been so much quieter it's so it's, much more pleasant yes it's really amazing to me and just having that specificity of this is your number not just like please no talking in the hallway you know right Right. Like, well, zero. And I don't have to be terse about it. It's just it's zero. I and hear when that. we say things like, 
please don't talk in the hallway, it feels like something they're doing for us. But when you say level zero, they're doing something for their school. And I think to me that's at the heart of why it works because it's about culture, not about control or not about one teacher. And you're also giving them a reason. So it's not not just our voice level zero to one because that's what we say it is. Our voice level is zero to one in the hallway because we need to be aware that other people are learning. So like I just had a conversation with I had opened the door for third grade and there's a kindergarten classroom right across the hallway. And Mm -hmm. I heard that their voice level was like at a two to three. And I actually saw a kindergartner turn her head and look at my doorway because she was distracted. Mm -hmm. And I was able to say, boys and girls, your voice level is right now at a two or three. And you're not being aware of other classrooms. I just saw across the hallway, a kindergartner got distracted by us and can't focus on learning. So our voice level needs to be at a zero because we need to be aware. So you're giving them a reason. And as soon as you say that reason and they understand, oh, yeah, that's understandable, you know? Yeah. I I just feel like they're much more apt to listen. I agree. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of an overview, the traits, the common areas, and then the voice levels. But as far as how we implement, Katie, you already talked a little bit about this, that you have like quarterly assemblies at at least one of your schools where you're focusing on a trait. We also had assemblies at the start of the year just to give each grade level an overview of what it was. And I also, as part of, so you and I have taken that Dominican University of California class where it's like an independent study. So you actually encouraged me once you realized I was going to make these posters and whatever for the school, you said, oh, you should do Dominican University. You should, you know, tie that in. So I did. Absolutely. Posters and was able to get credit for it, which was great. But I also made these videos on two software programs and they're both paid programs, but they're really fun. One's called Doodly, which is kind of like a hand on a dry erase board or a hand on a chalkboard where you see it writing and drawing. And then the other one was Toonly. And they're both like interactive animation kind of explainer videos, I think is the official name of them. But I was able to make videos for like, what does perseverance look like in each common area and did a voiceover and had the animation. And it was just a fun way. And it was a good resource for teachers where instead of it being this overwhelming thing of like, how am I going to explain this to kids? They can just open up the video and watch it. So that was another way we were able to implement it. And like I said, we did the committee we started last year to discuss what we wanted the traits to be and that kind of thing. The videos were so engaging. I love those doodle videos. They're so fun to watch. It was fun. And it's funny because when I showed some to kids, they're like, whoa, how did you do that? Is that your hand? <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> so I kind of had to explain it. Well, it's a software program. And I just told it what pictures I wanted and what it was going to draw on. And they're like, whoa. And this yeah. is why you're a nicer person. I totally would have messed with them a little bit more. <laughs> that is my hand. Yeah. <laughs> I am back out of an artist. It's the art teacher. <laughs> uh... Oh, funny. Okay. And then I think just as far as implementation, being able to circle back to those traits when you need to. Yeah. So like I actually just did this with band because I had band starting pretty soon. I teach beginning band and I had a meeting on Friday with all the kids who are going to be in band. So they all came to my room and I just went over some shopkeeping kind of stuff like if you haven't gotten your instrument, where do you get it? And when band is going to start and what the schedule looks like and that kind of thing. But then I decided I was a little bit frustrated last year with band because I kept having the same issues and I realized that it was kind of my fault. I kept having the issue of kids 
forgetting to bring their instrument because band is during lunch recess. So they would forget to bring their instrument with them to lunch when lunch recess happened, which was band time. They would want to go back to their classroom to get it. Well, I only have 25 minutes with them. Sure. It's a lot of time. But I hadn't set the stage there for this is what you need to do. I hadn't really had that conversation with them. And also like when lunch recess happens and it's raining out, they don't mind coming for band. But when it's a really nice day and it hasn't been really nice, then it's kind of a bummer that they have to miss that recess. Sure. So I talked to them through that and I said, or I asked, what does perseverance mean? And someone raised their hand and said, it means trying hard no matter how hard it is. Or, you know, good Mm -hmm matter what kind of thing. And I said, yes. And band is a perfect example of where you need to persevere. I said, because you're going to get your instruments and you're going to be super excited the first couple of weeks. And and then it's going to get a little harder. And some of you may feel like this is too hard. I want to quit. But if you quit after the first few weeks, you know, really before giving it a chance, then you're going to miss out on this wonderful opportunity. If you keep at it, you're going to keep getting better and better. You're going to develop some great friendships. You could end up in marching band someday, which is super fun. I tell them about how much my oldest daughter loves marching band, you know, Mm -hmm. but if you just you're not going to have that chance. And I also talked about perseverance applying to when it's a nice day and you just want to go out to recess, but you really have to come to band. So being able to tie it specifically to that word, I felt like I had so much more power than you need to come inside for even if it's nice outside. You know right. what I mean? Like, right. That yeah, I have really enjoyed those conversations. So I just think overall what we love, the voice level is awesome. Like we talked about, it's so much more quieter in the hallway and the uniformity too. I really appreciate how all around the building, we're having very similar conversations and similar expectations. Yes, I agree. I was thinking about what I loved about it and I touched on this earlier, but to me, anytime that you create culture rather than control in a building, I think it's really impactful. So, and you've even touched on it in some of your language today. Like, Rather than having to make a command statement that seems to be coming from a teacher, like, I need you to do this for me. Mm -hmm. It's much more about how are we showing love for our building right now? How can you help the learners in this building right now? So it's much less about us and more about the whole experience, which I think is just so much more meaningful. And then that, I think, also brings to the other thing that I love about it in that I think it creates positive relationships between staff because having those conversations to help develop the process is helpful. And then in the implementation as a staff member to be able to also model it, to show respect for the other staff members. It probably won't surprise anyone that you are a calm, naturally humble, soft-spoken person, and I am not. (laughs) I mean, I'm... I think I'm kind and humble, but I'm Uh, loud. (laughs) And so one thing that I've been able to share with the students is that I am a loud person and I'm still going to be zero in the hall. So being able to share that this is something that I'm working on too, because I love my school and I care about the staff, I think helps. Yes, I agree. And I've said to them, I struggle because I want to wave and say, hey. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just going to wave. Yeah. Sometimes we'll have conversations with teachers in the hallway. Yeah. 
But I find myself doing it less. It's more like a quiet wave and a whisper kind of thing instead of a very loud conversation because we're modeling. And I find myself like in real life, in life outside of school, thinking of those traits. So your football story is so great. I already told you the story. But so I was at a football game waiting for my oldest daughter, Jenna, to march with the high school marching band, which, of course, I love marching band. I'm super excited. And I was by myself. I didn't have... My youngest with me, my husband was at home with me. See, so it was just me, I'm just hanging out, watching a football game. And these boys really close to me were being quite loud. Like it was obvious their parents were nowhere around and they were being very, very rambunctious. But it got to the point of like, they were like an inch away from me fighting each other. And I was like, all right, I have to get used to my teacher voice. I can't do this anymore. So I turned to them and I said, you need to move and you need to stop fighting. Mm-hmm. And they looked at me like shocked that so this total stranger was telling them what to do. But I'm like, well, no one else is doing it. And you're about to hit me right now. Yes. <laughs> but and they did move and it did get a little bit better. At least they stayed a little bit more away from me. Yeah. But in my head, I'm like, you are not showing respect and you're not being aware of other people. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know the pause rate. So I can't say that. Right. I need you to put your paws up right now. I love it. But you know, I think it also comes back to in so much of our professional development, we talk about having targeted feedback for our students and how much more meaningful that is. And it's such a great way for us to work good job out of our vocabulary. You know, I can say, I see your perseverance, or you showed empathy or respect for the xylophone, or you've been aware of what's been going on around you. And I saw that your voice level was at a three and you were aware and brought it down to a one when you were in centers. So being able to give targeted feedback is so great. It probably won't work at the football game, but... (laughs) (laughs) but I think it really shifts our mindset too in a positive way. Yeah. Yes. So if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, this is all fine and dandy, but I don't have a PBIS system at my school and I don't understand how to get one. And could I just use this in the music room? What are your thoughts, Katie, about let's say somebody, you know, the school year has already started. It would be hard to start a PBIS system at this point school wide. But I'm just trying to think, like, how could someone do this just in their music room? You know, before you start as an island, I would really reach out to your team. So if you ever have the opportunity to sit down with just the specials team, so your PE, your art, your guidance, your library, if you have a technology teacher or even a language arts teacher, I or, you know, like a, a foreign language, I would start with at least a core like that so that there's a little bit more buy-in and accountability because Anytime you try to start on your own, I think that it kind of weakens that process. Or even if you have a traveling music teacher, even if it's just the music teacher and the traveler, I think that as long as you have some sort of partner or small group, it's going to be so much more effective. But I would survey at least a few other staff members, or if you decided to start with a grade level, for example, what are the needs of that grade level? And then picking some traits to pull from based off of the need or the guidance counselor's report or whatever you choose to do to pull data from. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the special areas team or related arts team, that's a good idea because you could almost look at it as like piloting. Yeah. Like you have the conversation, you kind of, even if you were just to decide to use voice levels, that alone, 
or you are able to discuss, okay, what traits are we looking for and use those traits and use the voice levels for the year and then have a conversation once you've done it for a little bit with your administrator or your guidance counselor, whoever might head up a committee like that and say, this is what we've done so far. And we're not saying that you have to use the system exactly as we've done it, but we've been piloting it and this is what we love. Yes. And maybe we could work as a staff or as at least as a committee to come up with traits, which could be the traits that you've been doing just with your team, or they might be different traits, but it, it might actually be helpful to pilot at first anyway, because then you could come back and say, this is what we've noticed and what we've liked, you know? Right. Anytime you can give data to show what your experience has been, I think it's way easier to get administrators on board. I think, you know, another another approach could be because so much of the social emotional or PBIS model is based off of common areas is to choose one place where you're having an issue. So at our building, if we hadn't been able to do all the common areas, I would have started in the hallway because that was a place where I really felt stress because of the noise level. So if you take one common area where you're having issues as a building and just try to bring that uniformity, the voice levels, what does it look like kind of a poster and signage, I think that would be a great place to start too. Yeah. And that's honestly where I've seen the most improvement because that's the common area that I probably go to the most kids back to their classrooms or whatever. And it's just so nice because I feel like before, like last year, let's say we're taking second grade back to their classroom after specials because mm-hmm. we do this different system at our school where if you have planning after second grade for example then you actually take second grade back to their classroom mm-hmm. because the teacher will drop off the class and they will take back the class that you had and then the next teacher will bring your kids back to you so it works because it kind of takes away that five minute buffer where you might have two classes waiting there for a teacher to arrive. But then it means that we're walking in the hallway more with students than I was when we weren't doing that. Sure. And in the past, I've noticed that teachers probably knew their class was coming because they were so noisy and you kept trying to shush them, you know, but now they are so quiet that you wouldn't know that they were even in the hallway. Agreed. It's just, it's so much better of a transition. Yeah, because I think they'll come in to the classroom generally a lot quieter as well. Yeah, I've really enjoyed that. Yeah, I agree. I think another great common area for the specials team and music in particular to focus on is audience behavior, because so many of the guest speakers that the school will see school wide so often come from our specials team. They're an author visit or it's a music performance. So that's another great place to start. If you are trying to gather data and see if you can improve behavior and listening skills, it's a good common area. Yeah, that's a great point. I'm going to be really interested this year to see how that goes because I've been pretty frustrated in the past with audience behavior, even though I feel like I say to them, this is the way you should be sitting and this is how you should applaud after, you know, all the things that you say. I have said... But I had like last year, I think I had to turn around. I don't know if you were at that assembly. I had to turn to the audience. I had to stop my students from performing, turn to the audience and say, I'm waiting for you to be quiet. I remember. And I didn't like to do that. Like you don't want to stop. First of all, I don't want to stop my kiddos from performing. Second of all, I don't want to be the bad guy in front of the whole school, but I did what I had to do, you know? Sure. That's out of character for you. And the students did respond. They're not used to you having to turn around like that. So there was 
like, yeah. oh, wait a minute, this is miracle. <laughs> but this year, my first performance is in late October with fifth grade. And I think I'm just going to go over the common area assembly expectations and just say, we are going to be showing our pause. Perseverance at an assembly means, and just read it. Awareness at an assembly means, and just read it. And I think having that, and this is what our voice level should be, you know, I am going to predict that it's going to be a much better experience, but I will have to let you know. You'll be there. Yeah. So I should be there. <laughs> but we'll let you as the listeners know later on how it went. But I think I'm it'll with be you. I think it will be marked improvement. Yes. I'm hoping because I don't want to, I don't like to be the bad guy who stops a performance and turns to the audience in front of parents and, <laughs> and teachers who, you know. Well, but sometimes it's the parents too. <laughs> yes. And the teachers. Yep. Yep. All right. So that's all about PBIS. Let us know if you have any questions and is there anything else that you want to add, Katie? Not right now. I, I really I hope really- that a lot of our listeners can experience something close to this, some sort of global model, because it really is great. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. All right, you want to talk about what we're consuming? Sure. All right, so I'm actually going to talk about what I'm about to consume, because as we're recording this, I'm leaving for Australia in two days, which is crazy. Yay! <laughs> I am going to present at a Kodai conference in Brisbane. So I'm leaving on Tuesday, so I have a stack of four books. Okay, so these are all books that I've had on my bookshelf and haven't read, or I've read just a little bit. Wild by Cheryl Strayed. Oh, it's a good oh, one. Oh, you've read this? Yes. Oh, good. She journeys on the Pacific Crest Trail. So it's like a memoir. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it looks really interesting. Okay, that's the first one. Second one, which I did start to read, but I haven't finished is Big Magic, Creative Living Beyond Fear by Elizabeth Gilbert. Oh, I don't know that one. Have you ever read Eat, Pray, Love? I've read some of it. It's actually one of the few books I haven't made it all the way through. Really? Sorry, Miss Gilbert. Years and years and years ago, but it was one of those books that it came at a time in my life when I needed to hear those words. So yes. it was like really impactful. But this is all about creativity. All right. And then this one is A God That Could Be Real Spirituality, Science, and the Future of Our Planet by Nancy Ellen Abrams. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. It's like how the role of science and religion, or I don't know. I have read this before. But it was one of those really deep reads that like you get done with a chapter and you're like, oh my gosh, my brain hurts. Yeah. (laughs) I have to synthesize what that means because it's really, really deep thinking. So cool. And then um, Miracles Now by Gabby Bernstein. So I think I've talked about Gabby Bernstein before. Love her. She does a lot of like meditative practices. Yeah. But these are like just one off exercises you can do. It's not really made to be read like a novel, but like you could just pull an exercise and feel a lot calmer. Yeah. That's great. I think those are the ones I'm bringing with me. We'll see. That's wonderful. The one that's the deep read might be the one that like, okay, I need to sleep now. So I'm going to read this and then I'll fall asleep. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that because you're going to be rocking quite the uh, time change. So you may need it during the trip and when you get home. If I was listening correctly, I think you had all female authors there. Oh, let me see. 
I did. Right? So I'm also just consuming a lot of female cultural things right now. I am going back and watching Veronica Mars, which I did not watch when it first came out. I've never seen it. It's really fun. And I love Kristen Bell. I also listen to her husband's podcast. I love Um, Right? It's so funny. And so... Just in case anyone is listening, is... Armchair expert? Yes, thank you. Yes. In case anyone is wondering, Armchair Expert with Dex Shepard, such a great listen. He mostly has celebrities on. It is just such a fun listen. Okay, sorry. He most recently, uh, or at least somewhat recently, had Ben Platt on, who I also absolutely love. He was the first Evan Hansen and also had a really great album come out this summer that I loved. It's called uh, Sing to Me Instead. So uh, just super fun. And Kristen Bell is just delightful. I also Uh, love The Good Place. So we just thought, well, we'll watch Veronica Mars. Sure. And then we, my husband and I just got really hooked on it. (laughs) So we've sort of been binging that in the evenings. And then I have two female artists I've been listening to that are both just sarcastic and just lovely musicians and also just fun. So I'm listening to a lot of Lizzo lately. Lizzo. Lizzo. Yeah. She is kind of a modern Missy Elliott if you listen to her at all. So definitely hip hop, definitely bad language, but just (laughs) so fun. So that's been my car ride. And then I also love Jenny Lewis, who was in Rilo Kylie. Jenny Lewis. Yeah, we um, have seen her in concert. She's just so fantastic. And she had a new album this summer. So I've been listening to that. I don't know if we knew about the new album. I didn't either, but I had gone back. I've been working out a little bit lately, and so I've been listening to more podcasts, and I went back and was listening to a Chicago-based podcast called Sound Opinions that my husband and I used to listen to like a decade ago, and they were talking about Jenny Lewis, and it's like, oh, wait, she has new music? This is great. So just lots of ladies, just consuming a lot of female music and Kristen Bell. Yeah. Awesome. It was fun talking to you, Katie. And And you. And I hope that everyone listening has gotten something from this and maybe you're inspired to try out PBIS, even if it's just with your team. And let us know if you have any questions. And we will link to the PBIS website so you can do a little bit of exploring on there, as well as the books and other fun stuff that we mentioned. (laughs) In the show notes, which if you go to mrsmiraclesmusicroom.com and click on podcast and then episode 38, you will find it. So thanks for listening. Thanks. Yeah. And have a great day. You too.